LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, everybody, it is Steve the Rogue Scholar. My apologies for uh, not being in the game on Friday. Extremely ill with a devastating migraine. Took me out of the game. Took me out of most of yesterday and uh, barely has me around today. But this debt ceiling shit. I I just want you all to understand something. I was lectured, told, basically, people can't handle the truth. They can't handle hearing anything that's not puppy dog tales and all kinds of other sweet shit. And so people are desperate for Joe Biden's behavior to be seen as 3D chess, seen as the dark Brandon rides again doing Wonderful things. Let me tell you something. This debt ceiling deal that he's working with, first of all, he didn't have to do any of this. None of this debt ceiling had to be done. Please check my You're Not Crazy video from last week. Um, Just remember, there's no one fighting back. You know, when push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, there are people who are literally terrified of what life is going to be like when the other shoe drops. Who terrified that they're going to lose their home, they're going to lose their family, they're going to lose everything. People that put their hope and faith in other people that their wisdom and their guidance and the things that they stand for, um, you know, were going to matter that they were going to be true and they were going to stand by and really fight tooth and nail for it. Politics and the slow play of politics and the, uh, the strategery of politics and all this other shit. That's stuff for people that have money. That's stuff for people who have their lives figured out. They're doing well. Who have mommy and daddy who can fly them to Spain or to Colombia or wherever, just on a whim. Um, they can just go wherever they want. It, it, it's, it's the five-star New York City meals. It's the parties with top shelf liquor. They'll never feel any of, they'll never feel any of the pain that comes from these bad decisions. It's just bad decisions. And uh, you know, I, I <clears throat> I was reading on Facebook today, 
And, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and show you some of the stuff, too. I, d I don't want to spend a lot of time sharing my screen uh, because my my thoughts are really I'm 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 really a rabid dog right now. I'm really I'm really angry. Really, really angry. And um and how to I don't know how to put it in perspective, right? I don't know how to help people see why I'm angry. I don't think people understand because they've been led by other people people who they weirdly give trust to. And I understand because I've weirdly given trust to people who have betrayed that trust frequently. People who I thought were friends who in the grand scheme of things cut me out of important stuff, um, you know, et cetera. But ultimately in the end, you know, I just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Right. It's, that's literally what I keep doing is putting one foot in front of the other. Um, unfortunately, putting one foot in front of the other doesn't always um, doesn't always get you what you think you need or want or whatever. Um, it, sometimes it leaves you just taking whatever crumbs somebody throws at you. So forgive me if you hear any screaming in the background because my family life is going on at the moment. And um, I'm sure this didn't make my family happy that I decided to come back here to the studio and do this. Um, but suffice it to say I did it and I probably would do it regardless. But I'm going to share this right here for a moment. I want you to see something. This right here was shared by a good friend of mine. And it says, every fucking dollar the government spends is printing money, and every fucking federal tax dollar collected is unprinting money. So that means every fucking dollar spent is keystroked into existence, and every fucking dollar received in taxes is keystroked out of existence, which means deleted taxes do not pay for spending, not for Medicare, not for Social Security, not for anything. If you didn't know that, then you understand why people that fucking do have to repeat it so fucking often. Okay. And anyway, and again, so let me go ahead and give my buddy love. But there were some other people in here and let's see if we can find there. Uh, it gets tiresome. Some people are reluctant and some people are recalcitrant and some are dumb and some don't care, whatever. Hard, isn't it? I'm no economic major, but I, at least I get that. Ha ha. It says, imagine all the teachers you've ever had standing up in front of the class with an attitude of this post. Now you have the answer to why people don't accept it. Toby, I agree. The attitude is counterproductive and rude. Let me do this. Watch this. Can I, can I, can I do it here? I want you all to see this. Remove and ban author. Bam. Delete recent activity and get her the fuck out of there. Boom. Gone. And then here's another one. Go ahead and show him the door as well. Yeah, leave him in there. But anyway, you go through here and you can start to see it's always whining about tone. Always whining about tone. So you're saying there's no budget or no spending deficit, whatever. Anyway, it's all tone. As far as the attitude and language, this is my favorite one. It Saying it nicely doesn't seem to be working. 
Words are just words, and it's exceedingly frustrating that people choose to focus on words instead of get the message and begin to call the politicians, TV pundits out for the gaslighting. I'm like, Lita, they are evil. Tone policers are murderers, and I hate them all. Every fucking tone policer. But it's like, okay, the taxes do create fiscal space for the guy. Stop. So after a while, you hear, you hear this stuff, right? I'm just going to remove that. <clears throat> you hear the crying and the whining from just truly abominable people that can't handle tone. I mean, just let's be fair. The worst society has to breed. These are the people with their quad venti white mochas. These are the people that are stepping over the poor. Let's go ahead and just take a quick moment to look at today's promo to remind you of who they are. Okay? Trash. Not the guy on the ground, the fuck stick looking at his phone, dropping a nickel or whatever into the cup. If you think about this, if you think about this, student debt now, something that the debt collective had given Joe Biden a clean sheet, an executive order that could have wiped it all out without any problem at all. Illegally, perfect, could have done it easily. He didn't do it chose not to do it, chose to do this bipartisan half-steppery. So student debt's going to be pulled back. I don't know to what degree. I don't know whether they're going to try and charge people uh, interest on the money that they had, you know, it had been put on hold or what. I don't know what they're going to do. But one way or the other, it's not going to be good for regular people. And I want you to know, during the great financial crisis, another thing that these fuckers said, oh, well, you know, too big to fail. Well, you know, we can't look backwards. We got to, let's just move forward. We're not going to deal with the corruption then. We're just going to move forward. Many people lost their careers, had to go back to school. And these are people that are older that maybe get, I don't know, five, 10 years out of a new degree. And then they're, they're in a position where they're ready to retire. But they won't be able to because they'll have non-dischargeable student debt hanging over their head like a fucking noose. Okay. Then you have a whole series of other people who bought into the American dream during the early 2000s, who went ahead during the height of the internet boom and started getting degrees trying to make something for themselves only to have the economy totally collapse during the great financial crisis, and they never realized any of those gains. Now they're stuck with $100,000 worth of student debt and no real jobs that make that kind of investment pay off. But that break, that break in time with the students and the student debt and the fact that nothing's come to be, no, no problems, but they're going to go ahead and put that debt back on regular people. Now, I want you to understand something else, too. I hate, hate the Democratic Party. I fucking hate them. I hate them because they don't ever stand in the gap and stay there. They always, like, like even right now, I'm appalled that they brought out the Medicare for all bill when they don't have any power 
and they know goddamn well Republicans in Congress would never pass it, but now they bring it back out. Now they bring it back out. They wouldn't force the vote back when they had a supermajority, but now they bring it back out. Folks, I'm tired of feeding you cereal. I'm tired of feeding you oatmeal. I'm tired of feeding you, you know, fucking cream of uh, wheat. Tired of feeding you pudding. I'm tired of feeding you the fucking smooth shit that the babies get, the baby, the Gerber food. I'm tired of giving you Zwiebacks. I'm tired of explaining to people that the Democratic Party is fucked up. I'm tired of explaining to people that we must build parallel systems, even without the bourgeois smarty pants out there that wouldn't fucking lift their leg to piss on us if we were on fire. We have to do for ourselves. We have to have power. We're not going to have any power. We have no power. Zero, folks. You will take the beatings and you will like it. You have no power unless you have power, unless you take it, unless you choose to do something. And here's the problem. People who are not particularly gifted of mind think it's simply a matter of going out and let's get in the streets. Short of a couple jail sentences. Let's look at the right wing. What did the right wing get for their quote unquote insurrection on January 6th? Did they get the changes they want? Nope. Did they get the election overturned? Eh, no, they were never going to. It was stupid. But they got a lot of jail time, didn't they? But they didn't get anywhere other than that. What about all the Black Lives Matter stuff and the defund the police? Getting in the streets, did that change anything? No. A lot of people got arrested, and they get to tell everybody, yeah, man, the time I was in Minnesota, yeah, man, I got arrested, yo. Cool. Cool story, bro, right? Cool story. But their police are now funded better than ever. There's no defund going on there. And then you look at the activists. Everybody fancies themselves to be the big fish in the small pond. They can't possibly work together because it's got to be in their little bucket. The problem is, is that people are not willing to stay committed and do the fucking work. That's no joke. I swear to God, as a foundation leader, as somebody who's worked as a nonprofit CEO and tried to get volunteers engaged, people are fucking like an oscillator. Sometimes they'll work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they vanish. Sometimes they come. We have no power, no power whatsoever. Zero. Okay. Zero power. Zero power. So you're not going to vote your way there. You already should fucking know that. I shouldn't have to tell you you're not voting your way there. I sh you shouldn't. You should not be so cuckolded. Should not be so reduced that you require someone to explain you're not voting your way there. You should not be that much of a simp. that you need to be told at this point, you're not voting your way out of this. You shouldn't require that.
But alas, many people do. Alas, many people still think Dark Brandon just playing 3D chess. I'm going to go through a bit of a timeline here with you on. I want you to think really fucking hard about everything that I say. I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm just going to put some information out there. You do with it what you want. During the great financial crisis, Obama had the wind at his back. He had a supermajority. He could have stacked the court. He could have codified Roe v. Wade. He could have done the most massive infrastructure bill ever known to mankind. He could have literally gotten rid of student debt, made school for free. He could have provided Medicare for all, a public option, which he, in, he, which he voluntarily pulled without any debate, without any pushback, just pulled it, said, nope. Went around telling everybody that we're not going to take out a credit card from the People's Republic of China. That'd be immoral. He stood on the side of cutting spending with the debt ceiling. He was that guy. I believe he was a Democrat. Okay. I believe he had some of the worst cronies in Wall Street in his cabinet. People that were deeply responsible from the Bush administration for everything. Deeply responsible for the global financial crisis and the most prolonged recession slash, you know, restoration slash healing slash whatever. The worst possible recovery from Obama. Obama did not even spend a trillion dollars to get us out of the great financial crisis. And many of his shovel-ready jobs were shit-canned and crushed by the Tea Party, if you all remember. Okay. Flash forward to the Hillary Clinton first run against Bernie. Now, remember all the Pumas that wouldn't support Obama and all the other bullshit, whatever, right? Just remember when Bernie Sanders ran, he was originally running as like a shadow boxer for Hillary just to reinvigorate the left. Little did they know that everything Bernie was saying resonated with people that previously couldn't have stood politics. It brought them into the game out of nowhere, only to see the party once again kill Sanders. If, if he was ever viable, that was the moment he was viable. I don't know that he was clued in that he wasn't supposed to win yet. He figured it out after Daddy Obama sat him down and spanked him. And then he went back to the crying chair. And that was the end of the Bernie Sanders movement in real time, in the real world. That was the end. You had Sanders Institute that was shelved for the new run. But he never actually took on the MMT thing. He gave access to people. But even those people that had access we're busy working within the system. So when things don't go right, it's just like, oh my goodness, they're not doing it right again. They're just not doing it right again. But there's no, nothing changing. 
Nobody throwing down and saying, this is bullshit. We've had enough. No, they just carry the facade forward. Nope, you better vote blue or you're going to get Donald Trump. Well, guess what? Donald Trump was impeached two times during the last time he was president. Two times he was impeached. And he's only gotten stronger. Think about that for a minute. He was found guilty for civil suit, trying to hush, I guess, you know, a woman that he had slept, Stormy Daniels, whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever. Bottom line is, is that Trump, Trump didn't get hurt by that, but I was screaming at the top of my lungs, stop chasing Trump and put all this energy towards a Green New Deal now. Please, dear God, don't fuck around. Put all your energy into getting this Green New Deal up. And I was told, no, no, we can walk and chew gum, Steve. We've got to get Cittolini out of here. And, and we'll get, we'll, in good time, we'll get back to the Green New Deal. Good, in good time. In good time. So with that in mind, there are sycophants out there, and I put one in timeout just now, that will tell you, vote blue, vote for Summer, vote for Pedro. There's no demand to what they ask for. There's no follow-through in what they ask for. They're not contributing volunteer work to stop and make it better. They're not fundamentally changing anything. They don't acknowledge that the primaries are literally rigged by the DNC. Literally, the DNC fought tooth and nail in court to say they have no responsibility to run a primary. And even if you vote 100 to 1 for in favor of Bernie, they still could have appointed Hillary or they still could have appointed Biden, and they have no apologies and no fucks to give. This is literally it. It's literally it. If you didn't know that, shame the fuck on you for not knowing that. Shame on you for real. But if you did know that, and you could still worthlessly come back and say, well, what about the what about the primaries? Don't you know about the primaries? Well, yeah, actually, actually, I do know about the primaries. Clearly, you don't know about the primaries. Clearly, you don't know about the primaries. So, a lot of horse trading was done to, quote-unquote, get dark branded into the White House, starting with $2,000 checks. You didn't get those $2,000 checks. None of us did. It gets worse than that, let me tell you. It gets worse than that. Because each time Biden could have done for the working class, each time he could have done for the working class to make our lives even this much better, each time, he pulled the unilateral presidential executive offer that he could have put off the table, went with a bent knee to the Rathuglicans. and started negotiating with them. 
the debt ceiling by law shouldn't even be. First of all, the 14th Amendment right off the bat eradicates the debt ceiling law of 1917. But even if it didn't, subsequent laws, which we covered, and uh, Bob Hockett, to his credit, wrote all these six things. And there's like a bunch. I'll put the... I'll put the link to that, even though it was in one of the previous live streams. I put the link in the chat there for you guys to look at. And it gives six legal reasons why the federal budget is its own debt ceiling. Because, see, here's the deal. Congress can't spend money that isn't approved by law. Once a bill is passed, the president has the responsibility to ensure that those bills are paid with the 14th Amendment. He has the responsibility to faithfully execute the laws. And if you remember Richard Nixon, they would pass bills, he'd sign them into law, and then he would go ahead and take those programs and put them in a locker somewhere and put a lock on it and impound them and wouldn't make the payments, wouldn't spend the money, wouldn't fund the programs. Well, they came up with a law to prevent people from doing that as well. So the debt ceiling, there's only two countries in the world that have it. One that ha- I think it's Denmark that has a sky high, so high it's like performative debt ceiling. But in the United States, we're all fearful of that word debt. And we're fearful of what debt ceiling means and stuff like that because we're stupid. We're uneducated. We're unlearned. But all it is is that when we spend money leveraging fiat currency as opposed to uh, coin minting coins or p- literal printing greenbacks or whatever, we have to sell treasury bonds to offset those deficits that we have. And so those treasury bonds, okay, can only be purchased with existing U.S. dollars. In other words, I've earned money, I buy a bond. I earn a small amount of interest and I get the cash out after a certain period of time. That's the national debt. That's the debt they're talking about. It's no other debt. It's that kind of debt right there that I just described. We're not borrowing their money at all. We don't reuse it. You don't, that money doesn't do anything. It's gone. It's capiche, gone. So with that in mind, with that in mind, too many stupid people out there. I just let's just be fair. Let's just call a spade a spade. Too many stupid people out there that get wrapped up in the word debt. And then there's people that have been propagandized and lied to. Okay. People that haven't got a base to even understand any of this stuff. And the wealthy up top, they know it. They know it. And let me show you what they look like. They look like this. This is what they look like. They know you don't know it. And they're okay with this picture right here. They're very okay with that. Because you know what? It's impossible to solve poverty, guys. Some are just going to get left behind. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. And unfortunately, there's people with childlike saucer eyes 
They have saucer wide-eyed and bright-eyed that are like, we'll just vote for a couple more progressives and it'll make everything better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for progressives. Vote progressives. Vote for progressives. And then they won't hold them accountable. You know, I look back at the 60s and 70s and say, how in the world did the civil rights movement block traffic? How did they march down the streets? How did they organize outside of the political process? How did they do that? How did they do that? It wasn't violence. They didn't do violence. But they weren't afraid to do what had to be done. They weren't worthless. They recognized what they were up against. And they didn't sell people lies. Just vote for a couple more progressives. Tula, 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 what? You don't know shit about flowers? Yeah. Sorry, that was a meet the parents reference for those nerds out there that got it. All right. I screwed this up. Now I got to make it permanent. I did put a timeout. Now we're gone. See ya. Sorry, dude. You're out of here. Anyway. When you don't understand that people are going to die from austerity, this, this debt ceiling bill, this debt ceiling arrangement is going to kill people. It's going to force people to make decisions that are outside the pale of the law to try to survive. And guess what? The boys in blue will be there. They'll be ready for them because prison is profitable. Private prisons are profitable. The whole system stays right in place. Nothing changes. And there's always some fuck stick out there trying to tell you to shut up. Oh my God, you're going to arouse a violent revolution. Nobody's talking about a violent revolution. I've never once said a violent revolution. And I don't tolerate sub assholes that fucking come at me and say that. Yes, this is the most, the best thing, I, not best, but the most important thing I've seen put in there yet. Austerity is economic violence. It is literally violence. Folks, if you can't eat, you're being starved to death. Now envision yourself in an open air prison and they're forcing you into situations you have no choice but to make really bad choice or an even worse choice to survive. And even when you do that, instead of surviving, you end up in jail because you had no choice. You had to do something. And these privileged parasites are like, well, these guys over here, they're just crazy. They're just, oh my God, they're just crazy. They're just crazy, man. They're not, we, they're, they're not cool. You can't have a legitimate, they try to immediately dismiss you as if what you're saying doesn't hold water. It doesn't hold, uh, doesn't hold truth, right? It doesn't hold whatever. It's not the, um, 
It's not the, it's not worth it. They, they try to diminish you. They don't talk about your argument. They don't talk about what you're saying. They don't even engage. They just say you're crazy. But when you tell people, demonstrate to me how voting is, and again, this is not don't vote. I've said this too many times. I can't deal with idiots that try to misrepresent what I'm saying. I'm not smart enough to tell you who to vote for or what to vote for or what to do in the electoral box. I'm just telling you that it's not going to solve your problem. I'm not telling you don't do it. So the fuck stick that got banned here that was, ah, vote blue. What do you mean you got to do it? What do you mean he say don't vote? Ah, God, that makes me angry. That makes me fucking really pissed. I don't like when people lie. I don't like when people misrepresent. I don't like when they fucking distort the truth. I don't like when they do that shit. I fucking get angry, bitter, rageful, hateful, determined. Vote to your heart's content. Just know that you're not getting the thing you think you're getting when you cast that vote. Just know that you're not getting the thing you think you're getting. It's not sufficient to vote. I'm not telling you don't vote. I'm saying it in and of itself, shit in one hand, piss in the other, and what do you got? You got a mess. You didn't solve the problem. But damn it, you got shit and piss in your hands, right? The performative nature of these elections and the fact that you can't have a legitimate conversation with people about building power outside. See, look, if you build, if you quote unquote build power within the party, let me just say that the party has got bylaws and structures to ensure that no rogue instances make it out alive. Okay? The party thus controls everything. And it doesn't take much Cointel Pro or whatever else to friggin' dash it against the rocks. And people are so worn down that it doesn't take much to make them get depressed and need to go into self-care mode because they can't possibly help out. Because they alone in a world of people that are all in the same fucking shit, ready to fucking cancel their lives, the same people, some people just can't help. I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. You always got something more important to do. But you're you're looking at elites that will excuse the system all day long, and there's a lot of them, and they reinforce one another, and they have controls of the, they own things, they can fire people, they lay people off, they have control over our lives, they're the bourgeoisie. They're kids with trust funds that were born into families of money who use their privilege to step on your face and tell you to shut up and speak when spoken to. These rich, snot-nosed brats that get the world handed to them and have every opportunity, even if they're a fucking drunk lush, hanging out at couture nightclubs, drinking up a storm, 
they still have mommy and daddy's help all the way. Unlike a regular person who would end up in jail, unemployed, dealing with all kinds of lifelong problems forever. They get to continually remake themselves with mommy and daddy's dollars. What a fucking deal, man. What a fucking deal. And there we are just sitting there being shouted at and yelled at and called trash because we dared see the Democratic Party for what it is and what it is not. And that messes with their trust fund. That messes with their profit margin on their investment. Their investments. Fuck you dying. Fuck you being able to survive. Fuck, man. This is another point on their thing, man. It's just another thing, notch on their belt, man. Just another point in their percentage of growth year over year. But if you dare squawk, you'll be excommunicated and put to the curb. You're no longer a viable person in their world. You no longer exist. You will be erased. So we've got to move outside the political parties where we have some control. And it's not that we're going to take the world by storm, but at least we can keep each other sane. At least we can build any form of kind of mutual aid or support for one another so that we can, in fact, take action. Like, I'm telling you right now, I feel, you know who I feel the most bad for, honestly? It's going to sound crazy. Don't hate me. But I feel horrible for the working poor in the Republican Party that don't know any better, that don't know any better, that are out there cheering this shit on like they won the fucking lottery. Let me explain to you, once they reduce spending, once they cut the spigot off on the federal budget, there's only two ways to get money into the system. Private debt and imports or exports, excuse me. Well, the United States is not a net exporting nation, so we're not going to bring more money in that way. That leaves private debt. And they're counting on us to take on a fucking hell ton of private debt in the name of keeping the economy going. I'm telling you right now, three ways to get money into the system. One, federal government spends it into existence. They're cutting that off. Two, be a net exporter. And then three, private debt, which is a prison for each of us. I was a fucking idiot. Years ago, I believed. I had a huge belief. I was a smart kid, but I had come from drinking and drugging and recovery and trying to get my life together. And so what did I do to make up for all the drinking? I decided I'm going to go get two master's degrees. Well, nobody in my family even had an associate's degree. So I'm going to fucking go get two master's degree and start on a PhD. A drunk derelict that had been homeless. Well, what kind of big old fuck you would it be for Dr. Grumbine to have his PhD walking shoulder to shoulder with the snot-nosed trust fund babies? Believe me, it's not about the education. No 
You've got to have that class around you. You've got to be able to walk around like the devil may care. That light feeling of, I don't have to worry about how my electric's being paid. By the way, who does pay my electric? You can walk around with no problems because everything is taken care of. Everything's fine. So you can be rational. Well, let's, you know, it's taken 20 years for us to get to this point. Let's celebrate our wins. We're winning, folks. People are starting to see the world differently. See, there's this whole group of people on the conveyor belt going into the oven that don't have any money, don't have any way out, and they're screaming and yelling and saying, I don't have 20 years to wait for this, guys. I'm going to fucking die if you don't. Fuck. Done. But they're too much of a pain in the ass because we can't save everybody. You fucking bleeding heart liberal can't have free stuff you fucking commie you can't do debt relief my god what about the people that paid for the debt before that's as stupid as saying we can't end slavery what about all the other people that died in slavery it would be a disrespect to their memory of course we've got to keep slavery alive and well we can't possibly do better we can't possibly fix this if we did, it would be wrong to those who took out student debt prior. Trash human beings. Privileged fucks. People of means that will never care, that can't stand that we actually dare fucking say it hurts. Ow, it fucking hurts. Ow, stop stepping on me. Shut up. Speak when spoken to. You're not being a good community partner. You're not being a good friend. You're not falling in line. We're going to have to reconsider working with you. Boy, oh boy. Let me put Rick B's point up here. This is very important. Few people truly understand that the owners live in a completely different world. And fewer still understand that one cannot simply buy their way into that other world. I had to find out with $120,000 worth of student debt. I came from very, very humble beginnings, folks. There's none of this. I'm working class, but I graduated from Brown University. There's none of that fraudulent shit. Now, my ass was busy taking LSD when I was a fucking teenager, thinking I was Jesus Christ and watching my fucking steering wheel melt like it's a snake on fire made of wax as the sap on my windshield dripped and ran like it was a beating heart and vein structures all over my car. That's the world I came from when I was a young man. And I've done miraculous things since then, cleaning my ass up and getting my life together. But boy, oh boy, this is a race and it starts from birth. And you're either born on third with all the goods and good things given to you right there on third base, and you think you hit a triple, or you're left constantly chasing, just trying to survive. You're not even getting ahead. You're trying to survive. And when you dare try to class jump, when you dare try to one-up through the school system, you end up with debt to remind you, you ain't us. You ain't one of us. 
we don't have student debt in our class. Mommy and daddy cover our debts for us. Dolly got to do it the easy way because mommy and daddy made sure that dear Dolly was able to go to school for free. So easy life. Oh, easy. I don't teach you any responsibility. You simply, I've got the money. Oh, live the best life. <laughs> and they take care of each other and they insulate and they surround one another and then they don't let anyone else into the cocoon. You're like banging on the door. Help me, help me, help me. The waves are gonna wash me away. Help me, help me, help me. Please let me come in. No. No. I'd love to, but the lifeboats are all filled up there, fella. What are you talking about? The lifeboats can fit at least 50 more people on than you only got eight people. I'm so sorry, but regulation says that if you do this, you can't get on the lifeboat. I'm, I'm so sorry, Chauncey. <laughs> Spalding, you'll get nothing and like it. We're gonna christen the slew. Oh, slew! Psh. Twenty bucks a smells kid picks his nose. Fifty bucks he eats it. Right? Doesn't matter if these fucking rich kids are up there. Mm, yum, 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 yum. It doesn't matter. They still got to pass into the game. They could be booger eaters all day long, but it doesn't matter because they have the right stock. They have the right friends. They're in the class. That's it. And so the wall goes up between the haves and the have-nots. And when Biden doesn't fight the way he's supposed to fight, if he was actually who he says he is, and we all knew he wasn't. But if he was, hypothetically, if Biden was really a decent human being, which he is not, but if he was, if he was, he would not have caved in because he had legal options to make it so he didn't have to. He had legal options for every step through this chose not to, didn't mint the coin, didn't take the student debt and just wipe it out, didn't stack the court, allowed the Republicans repeatedly to run, think about it, Donald Trump was impeached twice, folks. The same people that were cheering to impeach Donald Trump twice, again, I hate Donald. I have no love. There's no Trump derangement here. I just, that ain't my cup. That ain't my tea. That ain't my bag, okay? But the left as a whole has no real champion. And many of the people that have been lefties for life are too busy still fighting over some international meeting of communists, a common turn of, you know, some meeting the second annual from 1904 or 1919 or what folks we can't talk about today because they won't even understand they won't even take the moment to understand how fiat currency works so that we could be effective they're not interested so we have no protectors anywhere nobody that really should be fighting for the things that matter today i'm not talking about electorally either i'm just talking about organizing so we can fight back and say no that's unacceptable not willing to do it
willing to do it. I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again. I'm not some dude that's a janitor, although I'm not above being a janitor. I'm a, I'm a senior program guy. I'm a project manager. I run million-dollar projects in my day life. I know how to get things done. I do high-level work. But I'm one of the people. I'm a working-class guy. And I've been stuck behind my life, my past, all the things I had to deal with as a child, a teenager, 20s, 30s, all the fucking psychological problems that come from the things that happen, all that stuff. Had to deal with all of it, right? Every bit of it. But I was a program director at Comcast years ago. And I would walk from Penn Station in central Pennsylvania, or should say center city Philadelphia to the Comcast building huge the biggest building in all of Philadelphia and I'm walking and you can see everybody with the drones on they had their khaki pants with their blue dress shirt a white t-shirt underneath and a briefcase walking to work from the train station every one of them and it was cold this one day And I saw ahead anyway, I'm going to address, there's a, there's a Harden. I'm going to address you here in a minute and I'm going to give you the proper time you deserve. And I hope when I'm done that you walk away and you say, damn, I was wrong. But anyway, so as I'm walking from center city, Philadelphia train station, Penn station to the building Comcast building. I see a bundle on the ground on the sidewalk. And it's not unusual for trash to be left on the sidewalk in Philadelphia. It's not unusual because it's not exactly a clean city. That area is very clean, though, interestingly enough. But that particular spot, I'm looking, I'm like, God, please don't let that be a dead body. I don't know what made me think it. I'm probably 500 yards behind looking. I'm like, Closer I get, I'm watching people walk around it, walk over it. I'm like, God, please don't let that be a dead body. Please don't let that be a dead body. And sure enough, when I got there, it was a dead body. People couldn't even be bothered. They just walked right on by. Screaming palm mutual aid was theorized by a rich guy. Wow, that's pretty badass wild even but in any event called the police nobody even called you know nobody even called to have this dead body taken care of well i had never seen a dead body like that before in my life and it traumatized me big time i was like i could not believe any of this so because unfortunately people that don't take the time to really study economics within our space. They hear these fucking ear ticklers like UBI and they don't really understand what the fuck they're dealing with. So they just get on the bandwagon. Here's the thing. And I've said this so many times, I almost feel like I'm being punked. I'm looking around for a hidden camera to see who's, who's trying to mock me and make fun of me because they know they're setting me up with something I've answered a thousand times. (laughs) 
But if I give you a thousand dollars, there's an there's always another side here, right? There's always a counter-revolutionary force. And the libertarians have been praying to God for UBI forever, since the 60s. Their intention, though, is to strip away all of the social fabric, all of the social safety nets, and give you a lump sum. Here you go. Because Milton Friedman, the asshole that really advocated for a UBI, a right-wing libertarian, you see where this comes from, and you see the trash that picks it up. Milton Friedman's a really great, he's a genius, he's got a UBI. Fucking Christ. Anyway. So you want to strip away the services. And they see this as the Trojan horse to strip away the last vestiges of what little teeny bit of good is in left of the FDR great, you know, all the programs, the, the New Deal. Now, the New Deal was not a great deal for everybody. Talked about that at length before, too. But the libertarians have always, the Koch brothers, you name it, well, Koch brother now, right? But they had always wanted a UBI. Because UBI, all it does is give money to capital. And so what do we proffer up, right? Number one, a UBI allows bad companies to subsidize shit wages without any impact whatsoever to their bottom line. And dodo birds go, oh, yeah, please, arp, 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 let's do it. Number one, there's no production backing it either. So it's inherently inflationary by itself. Because now you're giving away money without the productive capacity to back it up. Ah, but automation, automation, Steve. We got tons of automation now even. We couldn't keep shit on the shelves. Our supply chains are broken. Broke, broke, broken. Okay. The other thing is this. If I give you a federal job guarantee, now, some fuckstick will try to say, don't force me to work. Well, the thing about the job guarantee that is being offered up is that fundamentally redefines work to be things that we're already probably doing. In many cases, it's socially useful work in the community that no one is at the in the capitalist world is willing to pay for it because they don't think it's valuable, but it's valuable to the community. And so now things that are previously uncompensated would become jobs in a job guarantee program and become compensated. And you would have 40 hours a week or whatever it is that the job guarantee would be set up for 36, 32, I don't care, whatever. And that's time that a guy company like Walmart can't subsidize off of because you're investing your time in the job guarantee. You understand companies look for ways of skimming that. And the job guarantee does something else important too. It comes with basic needs, basic services like healthcare, you know, tuition assistance, all the federal benefits that a federal employee would get come with the job guarantee. And it's paid for with newly created U.S. dollars because it's a part of an automatic stabilizer through the federal government. So it doesn't really make a fucking shit's bit of difference about automation because you're redefining work that can't be automated. 
Now, why people don't hold this, I'm, I'm, I am guarantee you, I will hold people accountable for not remembering what I'm saying now. I will chase after them and scold them and everything else because the reality is I've said it too many times. But what happens if I give you $1,000 and say, now, go get health care? You, army of one, go get health care. You, army of one that have been living under a bridge, here's your $1,000 UBI, now go fuck off. Go figure out how to forage for yourself. Go figure out how to do everything by yourself. Goodbye. See you, Stella. Get out of what the cattle prod. Gone. 80. Just done. Bounce. See, the other thing is this. If I give you $1,000, but your health insurance is $1,005, you've got nothing. If I give everybody a school voucher, which is a UBI, basically. Think about it like this. If I give everybody a school voucher, nobody has a school voucher, do they? So all the rich kids get a school voucher, all the poor kids get a school voucher, and all the rich kids say, hey, I'm gonna use my school voucher and drop another 10 grand large on it and take my kids to a private school. Now all the public schools dry up because guess what? They're funded with local dollars. And if the tax base dries up because the rich people go elsewhere, because this is the way you, you want to eat the rich. You want the rich to pay their fair share. You want them to pay for your school. Instead of paying for it with public money, got these ideas, these cool dude ideas. Right? Sounds great. Biff. But it's stupid. It's wrong. Okay? And so now what you've done is you've ensured that all the poor kids end up at the poor schools. The rich kids have gone off once again. It's the same with the UBI. What you need to do is you need to guarantee the service because it doesn't matter. If I guarantee you healthcare, guess what? If the healthcare costs $900, doesn't matter, it's covered. If it costs $28,000, doesn't matter, it's covered. Because guess who creates the fucking money? Congress, when it creates a bill. Guess what didn't create that money? Your hard-earned tax dollar. So it doesn't matter if the cost of education goes up and down, because in the end, you're guaranteed a right to education. The federal government pays for it, regardless of what your UBI, <laughs> regardless of what it is. Your UBI would need to fucking be 30,000. You need to be huge. You need to make big bucks on the UBI for it to work. And the other problem here is this. We already have basic income schemes and regimes set up they're not they're structured poorly because of the rules but social security is one such construct there's literally nothing preventing us from changing social security except for all the other things that i've told you about already every single one of these programs every single idea i just mentioned about what we could do with society is all dependent on this political process that we have no agency in whatsoever I have the greatest ideas, man. Let's, we're going to build a job guarantee program. We're going to provide everyone with free college and whatever. We're going to get rid of all that. We're going to provide a debt jubilee. All this stuff sounds great, right? Vote for me. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Summer. Guess what? The ownership class knows you've got no power. It's just empty words. But we voted for progressives. Why didn't we get it? Why didn't AOC give it to us? 
Why are you busting on AOC? She's just one person. What about the rest of the squad? Why are you focused on the squad? They're just seven people. Well, Mansion's only one person and Cinema's only one person. Can't they at least be better than Mansion and Cinema? You see? These paternalists, these fucking sycophants are everywhere. Everywhere. And nothing going to change that way. Not a goddamn thing. And you can't have the legitimate conversation. Look, this is not my preferred route. Unlike some people who want this to be the way it is, I'm sad to death that I can't vote my way to a progressive agenda. I'm sad to death that I can't vote my way to socialism. I'm terrified, terrified of all the people that when push comes to shove will just walk away and leave a few people there to get gunned down for fighting to the end. But even if we had artificial intelligence doing all these things, we as people, what if we played chess with an old person in an old age home or read stories to children in an online forum or were a surfer and collected water samples while we were in the water for studies or taught guitar lessons while we practice on being an artist and a guitar and a musician in a band, get paid as a job painting pictures, but simultaneously providing training to kids or whatever, maybe doing online video work, whatever. Job guarantee allows us to redefine what work is. And it takes it away from the man. So now you're working at a bad job, horrible job. And you say, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go to the job guarantee. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And the outside world has to meet or beat that package to hire me. This is better than a union because in the end, what do unions do, unfortunately? Instead of being class struggle unions, they are corporate unions that focus on bathroom breaks, that focus on their little bucket. They don't focus about the working class. They don't focus on class. They focus on bathroom breaks. So I'm saying to you this. We are about to get hit with student debt coming back. We're about to get hit with spending cuts that are going to cause recessions. I mean, you and I, whatever your credit report says, you're allowed to, you know, based on your income, based on your debt history, you're able to borrow so much money. Once you hit that limit, now you got to make the payments. And you can't add to the economy anymore other than in debt servicing. Recession will come. Okay. Biden has made it so there won't be any debt ceiling fights for the next two years, but they won't be spending more. We're in the middle of a climate crisis right now. 
we need to be throwing every penny we can muster out of the coffers, creating it with keystrokes, with legislative visionary beliefs, and tackle climate crisis head on. Nope. Dark Brandon playing 3D chess again. This shit takes a lot out of me. It really does. Because I am, I'm a believer, man. I'm a true believer. You could ask anybody that works with me, even the people that don't like talking to me know I'm serious. Even the people that bitch and moan and whine. I don't like his tone. Fuck off. I don't like you killing me with your passivity. How's that? I don't like you being part of the murdering scheme. You don't like my tune. I don't like you fucking breaking out a I don't give a fuck gun and allowing me to die. How's that? You and your fucking gentle ears can go fuck right off. You're part of the problem because you don't see the problem. Why is that? Why don't you see the problem? Well, let me show you why you don't see the problem. This is you. You're not even looking at the problem. You're busy looking at your phone, checking your stock report. You're busy contemplating when you're going to go to Morocco and when you're going to go to uh, Hawaii or when you're going to go on your trips and when you're going to get to see your friends in France and when you're going to get to travel to the UK and when you're going to get to go to Australia again and then back through Africa and, oh, why not take a pass through Brazil? Yeah, let me go ahead and uh, hang out with good friends, talk to everybody about how great it was, sing some songs at a campfire, real easy passive campfire because after all, we're all very comfortable people with very, very beautiful couture lives. The beautiful people, the beautiful people, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. You know what I'm saying? I know you do. I know you fucking do. I just don't sit back and say nothing. I say something. So I guess I'm the thorn. I guess I'm the bad guy, the pariah. But I'm genuine. I mean what I'm saying. I'm terrified. If that doesn't come through, let me say it quite clearly. I am terrified. I'm not speaking as a man that's just angry and ready to, I'm speaking as a man who is genuinely terrified of what's coming. See, too many of you all don't understand that austerity is murder. I've done my best. I swear to God, I've brought Clara Matei in for, for podcasts, for webinars, for book clubs, you name it. I have talked extensively about the trinity of austerity and tried to show it to you in spades. People still don't get it. People still don't even know what the word austerity means. I'm terrified. And there's too many cool kids out there that don't bother learning the stuff we're trying to talk about that ignore us because they're wrapped up in fucking Julian Assange, important, sure. They ignore the econ. They're wrapped up in fucking vaccines bullshit. They're wrapped up in 
RFK Jr. shit. They're wrapped up in all kinds of, we're revolutionaries, but let's vote in a primary with the Democratic Party. I'm not joking. The revolutionaries have spoken. They will vote Dem. They will vote for RFK Jr. in a primary that won't happen. But they're still in the air in the land of hypocrisy. The beautiful people, the beautiful people, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. Let me tell you something else, too, that's deeply troubling. I've started cutting back on some of my other media opportunities. Why? There's nothing worse than being on a show with people that you've told 4,000 times that MMT is not printing money. And they still tell you, well, they could just print the money, right? There's nothing worse than being with people and you're trying to explain to them when they privatize, it becomes in the hands of corporate lords. When it's public, it's ours. And they still say, well, fuck that, man. We need to have private insurance. We don't need a fucking government health care. Each step through this process, you try and explain to people, do you understand that privatization is the most anti-socialist thing you can get? And they're busy doing anti-war shit with libertarians putting up Von Mises Institute and Lou Rockwell. Lou Rockwell, Nazis, real Nazis, but they're going to bitch about the Nazis in Ukraine while simultaneously doing anti-war movements with fucking Nazis like Lou Rockwell. The working class is not a pretty easy, smooth, little, convenient group of people. The working class includes guys that would wear white hoods. The working class involves people that you just wouldn't want to hang out with. But the working class is what the battle's all about. And so because each of the members of the working class have different issues, we got to stop this anti-woke shit because we got to realize we've got to be aware of each other's issues so that as a collective, we can solve their problems too. Class reductionism gave us the New Deal, which left black and brown people and indigenous people completely out of the mix. That's what class reductionism did. That's what capitalism did. That's what tone-deaf white dudes did. And now we want to build this thing, and guess what? They're busy shitting on quote-unquote wokeness because they fucking too stupid to know what the fuck woke really is. They think it's a Democrat. They assume it's a Democrat playing identity politics, but that's not woke at all. You have to look at what woke really meant. You have to look at the struggle for civil rights, and you got to look to the people. And if you look at Devarian Baldwin, you can really learn some stuff. I've interviewed him several times. Please check out Macro and Cheese for Devarian Baldwin and go get his book. Go get his many books. He's got a new one coming out here soon. But gentrification, that's real. There's so much shit. It's a lot. 
And I got to tell you, I'm getting tired because I'm, see, I've got to eat a lot of algae because I've got to create my own oxygen because no one around me thinks it's important to let me breathe too. Okay. I need to breathe life freshness into my body as well. But everybody, well, I've, you know, I'm, I've got problems in my life and I've got to work them out. And I just, you're going to have to be on your own. Just fucking deal with all the fucking pain and bullshit you're dealing with. But, but I just, I'm special snowflake and I've got to work it all on my own. I've got to do my own thing away from it. But you do carry that torch. I got your back. One of these days, somebody you know and love is going to be hanging from a tree in the backyard. They're going to be sitting under a bridge with a hole between their eyes. They're going to be in bed with cyanide. They took some pills to kill themselves. They're going to drive a car right off of a bridge. And as long as you were self-caring, I guess that's pretty good. Right? Pretty good. Pretty good indeed. But this is where we're headed because people, the people that are being left out are really, really being left out. They've got no hope. They've got no hope. I don't know. Let me just be crystal clear. This is a hard thing for people to get. Because as I'm reading theory and I'm developing a class analysis myself in the modern space, it's going to look different than Eugene V. Debs. I hate to break it to you. It's not a one-for-one with Lenin. And Trotsky and Stalin, okay. Okay. We've got a here and now thing. And for all those cool Marxists out there, you got to realize something. Marx said he was a scientific guy. He had a scientific Marxism. And with that, you need to understand that we live in a fiat currency environment, whether you like that or not, whether you'd like a commodity thing, whether you'd like a gift economy, whether you would like to have no money economy whether you'd like the Star Trek economy or automated space, you know, what gay luxury communism or whatever the fuck ever that is. You've got a fiat currency and you got to learn how it works. You must know how it works. We can't fight something we don't understand. And we can't manipulate a system properly towards our want and the desire, even without and any power, because we can't get ourselves together and the parties don't support us. And before you start telling me about third parties, let me explain something to you. The Republicans and the Democrats have a stranglehold on who gets to the debate stage and who gets on the ballots, you name it. So please, with all due respect, stop trying to fit a square peg in a round hole in this electoral politics world. It's going to take something different to work toward the future. Even though there's some things that worked in the past, they're good things to remember, good things to learn from, good things to correct, course correct and build power and build energy and build momentum and mobilize and organize. Mobilize is not the same thing as organize, okay? Unfortunately, as a project manager, my hair goes fucking straight up like a dog in a fucking alley when I see people unwilling to organize properly. 
They're all ready to jump out there and mobilize, baby. They don't care if anything's going to come from it. They're going to go mobilize. But you tell them to plan. They're like, I, uh, it's just boring. I can fuck that. I didn't come here to fucking plan something. Jesus Christ. I'm not joking. So we got a lot of work to do, but I want you to be clear, though. No matter how many dark brand and 3D chess, oh, this is a win-win for everyone. We came to a win. You're going to be inundated. Inundated with manufactured consensus, manufactured bullshit about the beauty of this debt ceiling deal. McCarthy, he could have had his legs swept out from if it was real, if this wasn't theater. Joe Biden threw him a softball because Joe Biden's always wanted to cut Medicare, always wanted to cut Social Security, always wanted to privatize, always. He's on fucking record. Homeboy supported Clarence Thomas. I don't need to tell you who dark Brandon is. And I'm not conservative at the least. There's a 0.0% conservative in there. Okay. But there's 100% chasing the story where it takes me. So my frustration is being aired out here today because I think a lot of you guys are frustrated too. You just don't know what to do with it. And I can't tell you what to do with it. Smoke a joint, go get a beer, hang out with your friends. Do something to relax for a minute if you can. But just remember, if our alt-media world doesn't start repeating the MMT message correctly on their own when I'm not on the program with them, if the people that are on their channel also don't do it as well, and people are not filling up the chat, with nonstop, you're not talking correctly. It's not taxpayer dollars. Stop saying it's taxpayer. It's not taxpayer dollars. If you're not out there fighting that fight, it's going to keep persisting, and this the cloak will remain intact, and we're not going to see any green new deal. We're not seeing anything. We're not going to survive this because the pain and suffering when that debt bubble strikes, that student debt thing kicks back in. It's going to be punitive. It's not just going to be bad. It's going to be biblical. $1.7 trillion in student debt last check. It's probably $2.1 trillion, I think, now in student debt. That's going to suddenly show up. And people are going to have to start making huge payments. It's going to be people that can't keep their house. They're going to lose everything. They're going to try and do stuff to survive. And they're going to go to jail. And all those rich kids are going to be drinking mimosas, going to the Cannes Film Festival, hanging out with other rich kids, doing podcasts and laughing at the pores, acting like somehow or another their view from the top is more important than your view of your own daily life. And I hate to break it to you, but it's coming and it's coming soon. I've been talking about this for a decade and nobody's listened. Check the tape. 
check my tape. I've been saying this stuff for as long as you've ever heard of me. And it doesn't stick. People aren't remembering the things. They're not reading the material. They're not understanding. They're not ingesting the information. They're going and hanging out with people that say stupid shit. And then they're coming back. It's like, I can't unfuck that. That's way too deep a hole to dig out of. I'm just human. You went the full Alex Jones compliment. I can't help you. You went too far. So, in any event, uh, please, if you think the content that we create here is worth your time, please consider liking and subscribing. I hate doing this part. I swear to God, I hate doing this part. If you fucking like what we do, why the fuck aren't you subscribed? Why do I have to tell you to do it? Turn the notifications on. If you like what you're hearing, why wouldn't you have the notifications on? Why would I tell you? Why do I have to tell you? do because youtube keeps unsubscribing people they've got a, a barrier on us keeping us exactly thirteen thousand five hundred and ninety nine to thirteen thousand six hundred and they won't let us break above that just like they're doing to us on facebook where they've capped us at one hundred and twenty five thousand followers they won't let us go above that either it's been that way for years now. We haven't been able to grow beyond 125,000. It's just stayed there. And when somebody cracks the code, they drop people off suddenly and they build it back up for a few. This weekend, we had Jan Ling come on and discuss without all the hyperbole, all about the BRICS. So we understood the BRICS system. She's a brilliant Chinese economist from Willamette University. She understands MMT inside and out, and she understands the Chinese economy inside and out. She understands the BRICS, et cetera. We got that out there. I don't know. Who's listening to it versus who's listening to end of the dollar, the collapse of the dollar? Instead of fucking listening to the real shit, it's like, hey, man, what could be more saucy than that? Sign me up. I'm Steve Grumbine. Again, I had the worst migraine of my life on Friday. Took me out of the world, out of the game. Thought I had a fucking aneurysm. Wouldn't shock me if I still do. Maybe it was a mini stroke. I don't know. It was bad. But uh, I'll be on the air tomorrow at noon. Rogue Scholar, normal Monday. And then uh, I think later in the afternoon, I am doing a, an appearance with Jen Perlman on Generational Change to talk about the debt ceiling. I imagine it'll sound similar to this. If I get to get my words out, it will sound similar to this. So with that, my name is Steve Grumbine. I am the Rogue Scholar, and I hope you have a great weekend. If you have any time off, please enjoy it because tough times are coming. And I'm not telling you that to scare you. I'm telling you that to tell you it's coming. Anyway, I'm out. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.